This is the murderer you know. Welcome back to episode 66. Woo! How are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. First things first, before we jump into our third story from our missing segment this year, I wanted to give an update on Lauren Cook. She and her children are officially no longer considered missing. Thank God for that. Which is fantastic to hear and to read. Right. After that interview that came out literally in the moments we were dropping last week's episode, police officially said that they were able to corroborate the story from that media article and from surveillance footage. They had a video call with her and were able to determine that she and her children appear safe and are not under any type of duress. And they were all removed from local and national missing persons databases Tuesday. So a couple days ago at this point, not even quite. Wow. So there's a little bit of a happy ending for everyone. I know, Mom, you were hoping for, asking for, begging for, might I say, a happy, uplifting, little bit of a story for once. Yes. <laughs> well, without further ado, let's get into it. Part two of... The missing. On April 30th, 2017, a 34-year-old mother was headed to the beach for the day with her infant daughter and a friend. She had taken a week off of work, although she didn't plan to leave the area. She was kind of enjoying a bit of a staycation. So that morning, she told her mom she was going to meet a friend at the beach, and she packed a few things up. She took enough supplies for a day at the beach with her little one, but not much else. She left her purse at home, she left her wallet at home, and she climbed into her black 2013 Kia Optima to make the four-minute drive to the beach. Now, this is 2017. Did mm -hmm. she have a cell phone? Did she take that or not? Well... Most of the details of this story have not been shared publicly, oh. but it does seem like she did have her cell phone with her based on little bits and pieces. Well, I wonder why they're not sharing the details. Maybe if they share something, yeah. people can say, oh, yeah, I saw her. Yeah, I'm sure it's a very happened? fine line to walk of how sure. much is too much and how much is not enough. And people in the community thought that the police made many missteps. It's hard to say. So she gets in her car with her baby for a mm -hmm. four minute drive to the beach. Mm -hmm. And but arrives. Yeah. Kier and Chloe Johnson, who was only eight months old, never made it to the beach. And they have not been seen again since leaving the home that they shared with Kier's mom, Chloe's grandma, in Hampton on that fateful spring day. Now, was the father of Chloe in the picture at all? Seems like potentially he was married with a family. Well, so no... So, no. And of course, I, you know, we don't get ever get too much into rumors, but of course, there were lots of rumors surrounding 
his potential infidelity and how his wife might feel about that and how they may have been involved, but no official suspects have ever been announced. Not him Mm. or his wife or anyone. Just wonder what could have possibly happened. I mean, did she get Mm -hmm. a call? Oh, meet me here. Uh, I need to do this. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, how could you disappear in four minutes? She had to... She must have not... She obviously changed courses right from going to the beach or stopped to get gas or something and was intercepted yeah, and once again but definitely you wonder... she didn't make it the four minute drive i don't think she was lying because she was apparently very 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 close with her family incredibly family oriented close with her mom close with her grandma she had a twin sister they're a very hmm. close family You said she was supposed to be meeting a friend at the beach. Mm -hmm. So is this how they found out she was missing? The friend was like, where is she? Where is she? Uh, No. So the friend waited at the beach for a little while. And when Kier didn't come, I think she, not to say she did nothing, but I think she just kind of figured maybe something came up and she went home. But by nightfall, Kier and Chloe's family members knew that something was wrong because I already just mentioned briefly, they were incredibly, incredibly close. And Kier had talked to her twin sister, Tier, that morning, just a casual conversation about breakfast, but they promised to talk later in the day. And this was really the kind of promise that both sisters would have kept no matter what. Her Mm. sister was quoted as saying, it's just not the norm for my sister not to call me saying goodnight. Kier was like my best friend. We were inseparable. We talked every day. So first thing the next morning, their mom went and reported Kier missing. In six years, we still know nothing. Nothing. This information was immediately entered into state and nationwide missing persons databases and assigned detectives. And these decisions were based on, because, you know, and even in the story we talked about last week, and we hear this a lot oh, adults are adults. If they want to disappear, they can disappear. They're over 18. They probably just went away for a weekend and they'll be back. But based on several factors of this case, the authorities never thought that she just left on her own and was fine and would be back. They didn't immediately think that something like kidnapping had taken place, but they thought that something was wrong. Well, I guess because most people who disappear willingly are trying to kind of leave their troubles behind and probably would have left the baby with her mother. She didn't even have a week's worth of diapers with her. Right. Nothing. Exactly. She didn't take diapers, formula, bottles, blankets. She didn't take money. She didn't take her purse. She didn't have some huge withdrawal from her bank account. There was nothing that indicated she just was going off into the sunset with her baby to start a new life or anything quite that simple. You know, I know people who put those things in their phones. I don't know what it's called, but where you can track your loved one, your Mm -hmm. husband, or and so you can say, oh, well, yeah, he's at the grocery store. I'll call him and tell him to get a jar of mayonnaise. And you almost think that that's a really good idea. But on the other hand, maybe at least you'd know the last known location. It is a good idea. I don't think there's anything that isn't a good idea about it. I'm just not sure that it 
always would be a hundred percent effective in preventing disappearances because someone could get rid of the phone, you know, you know, my, my car broke down on Saturday Mm -hmm. and I have this app called find my car, which I usually use when I'm in the Walmart parking lot. (laughs) And I'm like, where the hell did I leave my car? (laughs) But it was funny because after the tow company took the car away, I had this momentary like, well, my God, is it really a legitimate tow company? Are they taking my poor little vehicle to a chop shop? Why did you think that? I don't know, because I talk about murder all the time. I have a very suspicious mind. True. So I looked at the find of my car and it was still where I had stopped it, waiting for the tow truck where, well, where it had stopped itself. And so I thought, well, maybe it's because it wasn't turned on since then. So then when it was taken to the garage, I thought, well, they'll turn it on to look at it and then it'll show it's there. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. And, you know, I mentioned it to the repair guy and he said, Well, it's kind of like a thing to show your last location because it's really where you and the car were together the last time. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. How does it know that you're with the car? I, I don't know, but I thought that was kind of interesting. And if people had that on their cars, that would be another thing. Oh, this was the last place the car was. Yeah, that's very, or, that's very, that could work. Yeah. Or, oh, the car is driving down the road. <laughs> Where's it going? I don't know. A lot of technology out there. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about last, or maybe I was talking about this with my husband, who I may <laughs> force to be on an episode with me while you're gone. <laughs> but it's kind of getting to the point, and this is good. But I guess it could also be bad depending on how you feel about things (laughs) like government overreach. But I think it's kind of slowly getting to a point where it's basically going to be impossible to forever get away with a crime. Well, that could be a good thing. Right. That's what I'm saying. That part of it could be good. But between your car knowing where you are (laughs) and if you're with it or not and where you guys were driving together on your little you and car road trip and (laughs) these license plate detecting camera systems everywhere and cell phones always and forever in perpetuity knowing where you are and what you're doing and what you're talking about and what you're and what are those Alexa and other... Systems that you interact with and speak to that are always listening so that they can listen for that command of you asking them to do something. I think it is kind of, I don't think it's going to be Black Mirror where they can like rewind your memories and watch you committing a (laughs) crime anytime soon. But it does seem like it's getting a lot harder to easily get away with something without having some sort of insane elaborate setup. Well, you did say that the number of missing people has declined over the years and Mm -hmm. this could be one of the reasons but you know your father and I love to watch British murder mysteries Mm -hmm. and in England and probably in the rest of Europe the cities are blanketed with we've talked about this before I think so yeah and so they'll see okay well this person was last seen in this location and they check all the cameras Mm-hmm. And they're able to track their progress or where they drove to. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Very. Back to Kier and Chloe. 
The next thing that happened, at least publicly, was that on May 11th, so almost a week and a half later, I was going to say almost two weeks, about a week and a half later, an Amber Alert was issued for Chloe. Mm. The case was, of course, evolving pretty rapidly during this time, these first couple of weeks. And although very little, I mean, honestly, basically no information was released to the public at the time, authorities did believe the infant was in extreme danger. And they stated Mm. that the second the information available seemed to point to an abduction, because this is something that a lot of members of the community and family members were very frustrated by. Why was an Amber Alert not issued until 11 days later? And it's kind of what we talked about last week. There are stipulations, there are requirements that you have to meet in order for something to qualify as an Amber Alert, and they have to ask the state for permission to announce the Amber Alert. And apparently, you know, as I mentioned, they didn't really think that it was a kidnapping or anything nefarious in the very, very beginning. But as soon as the factors of the case changed to sort of point in that direction, they did ask for permission from the state to announce that Amber Alert. Well, I... I have an issue with that because I think there was another case. I don't know if it was one we talked about or just something I saw on the news. And it was the same kind of thing. They waited like a week or something and everybody was like, why would you wait? Whether she went off willingly or not, the baby is missing. So, But she's with her her legal guardian, her mother. Well, never. Well, I don't know. I think I understand what you're saying. I kind of see both sides. Now, if there had been another legal guardian of the child, for example, if the father was in the picture and he said this child is missing without my permission, then there would have been an Amber Alert. Okay. But there was no one who shared custody of the child to say this child is supposed to be in my custody and my spouse or my partner's custody, and my spouse or partner has taken this child without my permission. It wasn't really that sort of situation. If she was missing, she was with her mother, and in the beginning, they assumed that they were together and safe. And then over that Mm -hmm. first week and a half, apparently they... It's hard to say, because like I said, they were basically releasing nothing, but they eventually came to believe that they were abducted and that they were with a man who had abducted them. So they must have seen something on some kind of television. You know, the the Ashanti, the young girl that was abducted, that they named the Ashanti alert mm -hmm. after. They had, I think, when they left the military post, they had a picture of her in a car with this guy. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what broke the case. So maybe there was something that showed a guy in her car or something like that. Mm, I don't know. Because you, like you said, they're playing it pretty close to the vest. Yeah. And they, so following this Amber Alert, which was finally announced on the 11th, on the 12th, law enforcement officials from Hampton, where the two lived and where it was assumed they disappeared from, actually held a press conference where they announced that the details revealed by the investigation so far 
were pointing toward an abduction. And I have a couple, I watched the press release and I wrote down, I jotted down a couple of things that I thought were interesting. The police Mm -hmm. chief stated that he said something like, Someone asked him, why has this changed? Why do you suddenly think that they are in danger and that they were abducted when before you thought maybe they just left of their own free will? And he was like, I I can't answer that question in specifics, but speaking generally about these kinds of cases. So he didn't say this is exactly what we saw this date and this time, but he basically said that it was a combination of statements from individuals they spoke with, as well as technology technology available to law enforcement. And he did specifically mention social media that helped to change the focus and the course of the investigation. So it didn't sound like it was something they saw necessarily. Mm. Okay. He also said that while, of course, the search was nationwide and databases from across the country were being utilized in the search, that they still believed that Kier and Chloe were in the Hampton Roads area. Mm -hmm. He was also asked by someone in attendance if they had spoken to Chloe's father, and he said they had, and that Of course, they were continuing to speak to him on an ongoing basis, just as they were doing with all of the other family members. So in my mind, kind of as if to say he's not a suspect and he's not involved in this. Yeah. Maybe he was golfing that day with 12 people and everybody was like, no, he was with us. But maybe that's not to say not to say you can't get 12 of your friends to lie for you it's happened before i listened to a case where an entire (laughs) basketball team lied for some motherfucker who killed his wife Mm, yeah so it happens but if some of those are strangers like the waiter in the country club where you're golfing or there's a picture of you accepting your award that's (laughs) not to say that he couldn't have hired somebody that's true too Other than the fact that, yes, he obviously, I'm sure his wife wouldn't be very happy that he impregnated this other woman, but it was, I think she had time to kind of reconcile herself. Yeah, he had a bit, the, essentially the story is he had an older, not older, but you know, a couple years, a toddler maybe with this woman, presumably his wife, and also had a child that was born two months before Chloe was born. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm. Now, in the midst of this Amber Alert, on May 14th, Kier's black Kia license plate VAW-2197 was found abandoned at a trailer park at the intersection of Jefferson Avenue and Arch Street in Newport News. And how long later was this? Two weeks. Oh, well, wow. Yeah, two weeks. Exactly. So they've already had the press conference. They've already. It was two days after the press conference that the car was located. Okay. But was it there the whole time? Did someone see something on the press release that made them panic and they abandoned? I mean, obviously, we don't know. No, we don't. But it seems to me, I don't know. Well, know. yeah, I mean, I guess either, it's hard to say. Either whoever took her drove to this place and switched vehicles, 
or drove her someplace and stashed her and abandoned the car or something in the police. What are they called? Police press, press, press release, press release. They thought, oh, well, this is all over the place. I got to get rid of this car. Here's a really far-fetched one I saw on the internet, but I did just think it's an interesting sprinkle. Apparently, that particular model and year of Kia was later recalled for engine issues, which basically caused the car to, like, just stop running. Mm. So some people wondered if it was possible why she was there in particular when she was supposed to be going to the beach but some people wondered if maybe her car just broke down and then she was on foot for some reason and something she happened. Was, she lived in Hampton. She was driving to the beach, but somehow she ended up driving to Newport News. Well, obviously she wasn't going to the beach if that's the case. Oh, but she had a friend waiting for her. Yeah. Why would you make a date with a friend if you were? I don't, I don't know, think running? you would. No. Because your friend would start blowing up your phone saying, hey, I'm waiting for you. Yeah. You would just say to your mom, oh, I'm going to the beach with Mm -hmm. Chloe. I'll see you later. And Mm -hmm. then you do whatever Mm -hmm. that your mother wouldn't approve of. I mean, this woman's 34 years old. I don't think she needs (laughs) her mother's (laughs) approval or permission to do things. Really? Isn't that your age? I was just thinking, that's how old I am. That's very (laughs) peculiar to me right now. And don't you always want your mother's (laughs) approval? (laughs) So she was, I must have missed that. She was 34. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Had she ever been married? I don't think so. But Mm. like this whole story, there's not much information on a lot of it. Well, maybe she had this kid. With this guy, maybe she knew him from someplace and she's like, damn, I'm 34, time's running out. I want a baby. Will you help me? Maybe. So maybe there really wasn't a relationship, so to speak. Yeah. Could be. Could be. As with the rest of everything we've talked about tonight, basically, there's not ever been much information released about the car I don't like to talk a lot about gossip, but I did read a comment on a subreddit by someone who knew the Hampton police chief involved in this case by name and claimed to have spoken with him in 2021. And this person posted that they found blood in the car. Hmm. The police have never officially released anything about the car other than that it was found and that it was abandoned. Was her phone inside? Was the car seat inside? What anything? Was there blood? Blood of either of them? None of that has ever been officially released in any capacity. That I don't know just seems odd to me. I think in most cases when people disappear and there's, uh, I mean, think about the one we did with the young girls who disappeared at the college. It was peddled to the metal and they were releasing mm-hmm. information every day. Here is what I think after reading a lot about this case today. And I think this same thing, I don't know if I want to say this yet. (laughs) I think that there was something 
that would blow the whole case open in the car. And since maybe they felt like they knew, okay, we have this information that they were seen with a guy in the car or whatever at this time, at this place, maybe they saw it on surveillance, whatever, we don't really know. Maybe they didn't want to say what they found because they didn't want that guy to know that they were onto him. Well, if they're onto him, it's been six years, guys. Let's. I mean, it doesn't stand up as much now that it's been six years, but maybe that's why they didn't release a lot at the time. Why they still haven't released a lot, I don't really know. But I don't know. This location (sighs) where the car was found was about 10 miles from the beach and the family home where Kier, her mom, and... Chloe lived because remember those were only like four minutes apart from each other so this location was basically 10 miles from both of those locations the beach where she was supposed to go as well as her home where she was last seen and at this point because of where the car was located the Newport News Police Department took over the investigation Hmm. so officers combed the fields near the homes for evidence but apparently didn't turn anything up Hmm. So I wonder who's doing the cold case, Newport Newport News, Newport News, Newport News. And apparently, although it was difficult to determine if they are still involved in any way, the FBI also got involved at some point in time, Hmm. maybe around like the two year mark. I'm always baffled when the FBI gets involved and when they don't. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously they have some criteria, but. I I know know there are times where they have to get involved, right? Like if it crosses state lines. Well, yeah, they used to be like kidnapping, you know, Mm -hmm. especially, yeah. And things that, you know, cross state lines. And then, you know, if the crime is committed on federal property, they would be involved. Mm, Right. But I don't know. Yeah, that was something else that there were a lot of whispers about in the community and like the police did a bad job. This is suspicious. This could have been solved if they had done things differently because it was rumored that the FBI reached out and offered help. And I don't know which jurisdiction, if it was when it was still with Hampton or Newport News, but apparently they said no. Who knows if that's true, but apparently that happened. I think sometimes there's like a little bit of jealousy or people thinking, no, this is my turf. I'm going to solve this. I don't need the FBI. I think there's a little bit of rivalry, I guess you would call it. But it seems misplaced when a mother and her eight-month-old baby are missing. Well, I agree, but that's only rumor and conjecture. Mm -hmm. Kier was a hardworking, reliable, dedicated, family-oriented person. It is incredibly unlike her to go any amount of time without speaking to her family members. She often spoke to several of them, even a few outside of the state, multiple times each day. She had no history of leaving without telling her family where she was going or when she would be back. And she would especially not do this if it involved her child. Yeah, I mean, this is not an 18-year-old or mm-hmm. even a 21-year-old. This is a yeah. a grown woman. But while their names have stayed in the media over the years, Kier and Chloe's cases remain unsolved. 
In January 2019, Smithfield Foods, where Kier worked, announced a $10,000 reward for information on the case. In February 2019, the Newport News Police Foundation put up a $25,000 reward. Wow. During an interview at the time of the five-year anniversary last year, Kier's twin sister shared her concerns that something happened to her sister and her niece with a local news channel. I have a couple of quotes from her here. She said, quote, I think somebody she trusted did something to them. The world is full of evil people. She also Mm -hmm. said, if I know how they were killed, I'll dream about it. I just hope that a person couldn't kill a baby. She would not say who she believed could be responsible for what happened to her sister and her niece, but she did say that she was certain they wouldn't be able to hide forever. She said, You reap what you sow. I know their days are numbered, so enjoy your freedom while you got it. We can hope. I know. As recently as April of this year, information about the story has been published by the media. This year, Derricka Wilson, co-founder of the Black and Missing Foundation, added her voice to those of Kier and Chloe's family members who have been speaking out for years. She pushed for things like an updated age-progressed rendering of Chloe, who of course is seven now. Mm -hmm. She also said a fresh set of eyes should look at the case, which we have seen oftentimes does help with cold cases that get solved after a very long time. And she implored the public saying, quote, Imagine if this was your child. Imagine if this was your mother. Imagine if this was your sister. You would want someone to look for your loved ones. And we cannot give up on this family. They need us. They need all of us. But mostly, like we've said a couple of times already, there's almost nothing but theory and conjecture. To me, I don't know, maybe I'm just trying to put a positive spin on things, but to me, it really shows how much people care and how impacted we all are. Not that it compares at all to what the families are experiencing, but how impacted we all are by these missing persons cases, these innocent people. It could be us. It could be our sister, our daughter. It could be someone we know that goes through something horrible like this. Well, I think that we see the better side of humanity when something like this happens and complete strangers turn up to search the woods and Mm -hmm. hand out flyers and make coffee for the searchers. So yeah, I think people really do respond because we all think, yeah, it could be my loved one. Mm -hmm. There are three major theories that you will see out there on the interwebs about what happened to Kier and Chloe. One is that Kier ran away with Chloe to start a new life. We've kind of briefly mentioned that, but she left behind most everything she would need to do that. No car, no money, no diaper bag, no car seat. And to never reach out even six years later. And there's no indication there was anything in her life that she was unhappy with. She had a twin sister. She had a mother. She had a grandmother. She had a job. Mm -hmm. She had a baby. I'm saying no to that one. I agree. 
The second one is that human or sex trafficking was involved. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to think about that. I know. Apparently, I mean, there's some support. There are, of course, points to support and reject any of these theories. And one of the points to support that is apparently at that time in Hampton Roads, there was an uptick in human trafficking. I didn't verify that anywhere, but I read that. And the third is that someone who knew Kier set her up and that she and or Chloe were specifically targeted for some reason. Yeah, I like Chloe was the target and Kier was just caught in the fray or vice versa. Yeah, you don't know which one those crazy stories about people that cut babies out of pregnant women because (laughs) they want their own baby. Yeah, true. There are a lot of crazy people, but there are a lot of good people too. Hopefully. At the time of her disappearance, Kier was 34 years old, 4 foot 11, and 140 pounds. She was last seen wearing a t-shirt, blue jeans, and black slides with the word Nike on them in pink. She is African American and has black hair and brown eyes. She has pierced ears and wears prescription glasses. She would be 41 today if she is still alive. Chloe was eight months old when she disappeared. She was two foot five and 20 pounds with black hair, brown eyes, and pierced ears. She would have turned seven this year in August if she's still alive. If you know anything about the disappearance of Kier and Chloe, please call the Newport News Police Department at 888-562-5887. And it can be anything. Even if you think you know something, even if it seems insane. I haven't done a sprinkle in a while, so here's my sprinkle. On that same subreddit I mentioned earlier, a woman posted an interesting story that she was driving home a few nights after the abduction near Ragged Island. Sound familiar? Mm, Yes. And she saw these super insane bright lights kind of flashing and moving around out on the marsh. It struck her as weird because no one, I mean, she'd never, she lived in the area. She drove past there regularly on her way home. She'd never seen lights out there that late at night. If it was fishermen, they wouldn't be in the marshy area. You wouldn't really be able to get a boat up there super easily. But overall, she didn't think too much of it until about a week later, she heard from a friend whose house was right there on the marsh. She passed it that night that apparently Kier's phone pinged off a tower near Ragged Island that same night that she had been driving by and saw all those bright lights out there. And the investigators apparently came out with dogs and searched this woman's yard and the area behind her house. Hmm. So maybe it seems like some stupid ass thing. Could be aliens out there in the marsh. Who knows? No big deal. But if you saw anything around the time, like I said, even if it seems silly, 
let the police decide if it's silly. We don't need to decide that. You know, mentioning aliens, a lot of these could be alien abductions. Do you believe in alien abductions? (laughs) We'll save that for another show. (laughs) (laughs) No. I I think I, I think I do. (laughs) I definitely think they're people out there or aliens out there. No, don't call them people. I don't think they want to be lumped in with us. (laughs) That would be like humans. We are embarrassing. Humans are embarrassing, but I don't know. Are they people? What constitutes a people? I think people and human are, (laughs) that is a synonym. I think there is probably intelligent life out there. And they probably visited us a couple of times and said, these people are all crazy as shit. And they said, we're not going to keep taking those. They (laughs) are a waste of time. And that is why the missing person rate has been dropping. True. true, Since 2002. I don't know that aliens would really want to abduct any of us. But I don't know. There are a lot of... Really unanswered questions about certain things that would indicate higher life forms visiting us. I like somewhat recently watched a pretty good, I don't know if it was an episode. I feel like it was an unsolved murders episode or something. Something on Netflix where this whole town was like, yeah, we saw UFOs. And (laughs) it was insane. It was insane. And there was a scientist on there and he was like, yeah, I thought these people were insane. But let me tell you (laughs) what happened. There were aliens. Well, apparently I heard recently that Congress wants to really, apparently there have been sightings, military jet planes flying and seeing, you know, strange hovering things in the air and they report it, but it never goes anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think some congressmen were like okay we need to we need to look into this Mm -hmm. this is we just can't ignore this stuff anymore but then i didn't hear any more about it as as usually happens they probably were abducted (laughs) they probably were sent to jail guantanamo for life for revealing the secret to all of us peasants true true but i saw ufo in high school Really? Yes. Did I know this? <laughs> I'm sure I came home and said, well, my you're lucky. best friend, my best friend since preschool and I were going to the mall. Oh, dear. And we were going down. I don't know. It doesn't mean anything to most people, but we were going, going down, down and we looked up to the left, oh, right over the tree line. And there was this round, everyone was like, it was a plane, you guys are stupid. It was round, fully round with lights around the perimeter. Wow. Just hovering above the trees. I've never seen a plane do that sort of thing. No, and and apparently... They usually dismiss people like, well, he was into the moonshine when he was giving this report. (laughs) But there have been lots of, I guess, legitimate people like military pilots or commercial pilots and everything. I don't know 
why everyone has to be so weird about it. The amount of galaxies and universes and planets and our universe is the youngest universe out there, essentially. So certainly there would be other intelligent life that's probably far more evolved and developed than we are, which is probably why they're like, (laughs) these people are stupid as hell. They're all worried about, I don't even know what. Their cell That's phones true. and Tinder and bunny I think, donuts. I We're out the, here on another level of consciousness. I think the aliens invented cell phones to get us like a little jump started in our development. But anyway. Uh, I don't think cell phones helped with our development. <laughs> I think they made they made us into weird recluses that can't even talk oh, to another true. human anymore. That we just stare into our uh, screens. But. Speaking of alien abductions, <laughs> your elderly mother will soon be volunteering to be abducted if they're <laughs> offering a bed and a place to sleep. So, well, aliens, if you're out there, email us <laughs> murderer you know at gmail.com, or you can slide into our DMs if that's not too unsophisticated for you we're murderer you know podcast on facebook and instagram maybe we should change the name the murderer you know and or alien abductions (laughs) (laughs) good idea i'm in okay all right and if i just go poof right in front of your eyes I will be the next person that everyone thinks is crazy on an alien documentary. Good thing I'm recording this. I'll have evidence of you poofing. True, true. So hopefully it happens before we end this recording. Well, this was another one of those, you know, well, sad shows, but, and. But uh, I I think. think, What do you think? I think that. I think it's actually far worse to have a loved one just disappear mm-hmm. and and never know. We did a show last year about the um, Parkway murders and the one that the young couple never found. And I think most of their parents are now gone because it was a long time ago. And they've lived all those years and just have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. And to imagine what their last moments might be. But anyway, I don't want to leave this on a downer. So. I know we had done a good job of finishing <laughs> on an upswing <laughs> about aliens, yes. abductions, and moonshine. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think if you need to, you can just rewind to that part. That's right. Maybe it's all just alien abductions and they're living the life of Riley and the. Serious star belt or something. That's something to hope. Yep. I think that it is sad and it is also important. Yep. As consumers of true crime, we need to, not that any of them have a happy ending ever, because they don't really, but we need to talk about these cases too. These are important. These people are still missing their families still want them to come home so even though it's hard to talk about any of this i think that it's the right thing to do yep 
and we'll say a little prayer for hoping some of these people will come home and keeping them in our thoughts. Yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> All right. Bio, bio. Bio, bio.